0: Men get anxiety. They get suicidal thoughts
1: and mental illness.
0: Maybe instead of saying "man up," we should
2: say it's okay to talk about it. Hi, folks. This is Welcome Letters. 13th podcast unlikely for some but not for us so we're going to be uh, talking about how exercise and different types of exercise can help with your mental health because obviously there's been a lot of studies into that especially with walking and also we're going to be talking with john alexandra he's the dundee council leader so we'll be talking about mental health with him We've got our regular consult chess feature and we've got um, our poems feature as well that we do uh, every week. Well, now we're now recording so I'd like to welcome John Alexandra, Dundee Council leader to the podcast. So John, can you just tell us a, the listeners, a wee bit about yourself please?
3: Yeah, um, so as you said, I'm the leader of Dundee City Council. I've been the leader for the last three years,
2: um, but I've been a councillor in Dundee, a local politician, for eight. So I was elected at the ripe old age of 23. Wow. Um, So I was was the youngest councillor at the time, and I still am the youngest councillor at the ripe old age of 32 now. Um, So again, I'm born, raised and educated in the city, um, so I represent the Strathmartin
3: Ward which is the Kyrton downfield St Mary's uh, area of Dundee and I, I'm born and raised in captain so my mum and dad and my grand still stay there as well so real close connection to the community that I now represent as well.
2: Uh-huh. And during the pandemic um, have you had any issues yourself your, your your mental health or like your family at all? Yeah I-
3: to say that it's not had any impact on myself at all, you know, there's various moments (laughs) and I I think everybody has their good days and their bad days and,
4: you know, their ups and downs and at
2: various points you really feel the weight on your shoulders. I think the biggest
3: struggle has been just not being able to, you know, my gran or see my parents as much, etc.
2: The one advantage is we've got, you know, we've got technology like this so we
3: can at least see them and keep in contact. um, but it's been hard and I think the earlier stages of lockdown I was just, um, you know, reminiscing about the fact that I've been able to see my boys a little bit more. So, you know, yep. I'm, I'm not saying I would have ever
2: wished for a global pandemic, but for me th- there's been a little bit more quality time with my two kids, which has been quite nice. And I think that's been the up days, you
3: know, yes. getting to see them a little
2: bit more. Yeah. I I've got
3: friends that even before Covid... You know, have struggled with their mental health um, and you know have had to call upon services cars and others um, so i don't think any of us are immune from it in normal times mm-hmm. but i think because of covid 19 that loneliness and the pressure and the
2: worry and the anxiety has just kind of made the issues so much more pronounced i suppose sure. really you're, you're seeing the impact. so I, I yeah friends and family and colleagues as well who have struggled over the last eight months in one way shape or form
4: and like you say, they might have a great couple of weeks where, you know, they're feeling quite positive about things
3: and
2: then something will just knock them off um, of that kind of where they are and,
3: and
2: they'll have a down week. And it's just trying to support people as best you can and, yeah, sure. Um, you know, make, keep an eye on them, I suppose, more than anything else. Yeah. Um I mean, Dundee, the, um the suicide rates in Dundee up to, like say, November 2018, uh, Dundee was at the second highest in Scotland. So how can your council change that? What's your future no, plans? Think, yeah, no, it's a really important question. And I mean, there's a couple of different things. So one, I, I think it's everybody's responsibility. So the council can't possibly tackle the issue in isolation. There's got to be that partnership with you know, NHS Tayside, for example. Yes. Um, but it's not all about the clinical side of things. And I think that's what I'm very conscious of. It's about early intervention
4: and early support. So by the time people are having access, you know, the clinical side of things and cars view, et cetera, in some ways, you know, we've already missed the boat. We've, there's a lost opportunity there to support people before they reach crisis point. And that's where we need to really focus efforts as well, both um, making sure we support people at crisis, but trying to make sure they don't ever get there. Um, and, and you know. We've seen over the last year and, you know, bridge closures, et cetera, there's a real worry, I
3: think, about how huge the issue is. And I think some of that is historical factors as well. So I used to be, I used to sit on the Fairness Commission in the council, which is really focused on poverty. But a core element of their work is in mental health because they're, yeah. they're linked issues. Mm-hmm. And Dundee has higher levels of poverty. And I think that relates to, one, the drug use issue, but yeah. also the mental health issues. So there's a whole series of things that are linked and you can't just focus on mental health issues and drugs, and drugs. Yeah. You need to tackle them all at the same time. And I think that's the challenge. So it's about the council using not only its resource in terms of money, but its people,
2: its connections in our communities, its relationship with the third sector, charities, churches health sector and trying to bring all that to bear mm-hmm. um, and, and you know it's not it's not easy but we've got to do it because at the end of it it's people's lives actually that what you just said kind of leads to my next question um mm-hmm. me and my friend val were very and shares were very interested in a crisis center for dundee because i used to work for penumbra and i know there's one in what's kind of on the border between edinburgh and leaf and really I think it's a shame there's only one crisis centre for the whole of Scotland. I think it would be great with one here in Dundee. What do you not say, Sir John? So the, the council's already uh, supported uh, those calls. So we discussed it uh, um, as a council of 29 elected members, but you know, as I was saying before, it can't be the council in isolation. Actually, it requires yes. the NHS, side and others to come to the table. So from a political perspective, very supportive. Um, of those calls as well. And
3: I think it's it's not just about having one sol- Well, it, it's not a solution. Crisis centre is really important.
4: It's also about how you build in, for want
3: of a better description, kind of centres in our communities yes. so that they're easy
2: to access. Because yeah. I, I remember probably about four months ago, somebody had come to me, and I understood why they came to me with a suggestion about having a facility near the bridge for me that's, that's the wrong thing yeah, it's, too, actually, yeah. Yeah, it's too near the in you don't want to be in it. it's about making sure that people have a location or a
3: space or a, you know, a, a, a service that they can access in the comfort of their own community at the time that's appropriate for them yeah
2: No. They want to be able to go into their community centre, or the library, or a
3: cafe, or maybe their own home, and, and speak to people on their level, to be able to break down some of those barriers that exist, and just have a bit of an honest conversation. And I think so. We've got to be
2: um versatile, I suppose. So it, it won't be a one size fits all. No. It works, as you said, in the kind of release model,
3: we might have to change it. It might not work exactly as the, the same in an DVD context, but supportive
2: of that and um, as i say the
3: council have supported
2: those calls but it's just trying to move it on and see how we end up actually getting to the stage of delivering something I, i mean if we was the one hopefully in the next year or two where would you ideally have it located would you have it quite in the center of town the crisis center by real life experience so yes. what we should be doing is having a conversation with people you know families or people who are directly affected by mental health who have accessed maybe Cars View or other community services uh-huh. to see what their thoughts are to understand better because
3: we could easily say you know it's going to be in the city centre because that's easy or it's going to be in this community or it's going to be part of Nine Wells Yeah. but if people who are suffering with their mental health think that's a terrible idea then we've wasted our time and we've put something in the wrong place so we need to get it right whatever um, we do and I think part of that is around kind of wider consultation so councillors and Dundee are about to take part in a couple of briefing sessions with NHS Tayside just next week in fact uh, and that's specifically related to their mental health strategy which they've been developing and working with charities and other organisations and individuals sure. uh, and part of that has to be around the thinking of what kind of facilities do
2: we need? Where do we have them? Is it one big facility or is it little ones within communities? And Because Dundee's got a benefit in the sense that, you know, at our greatest, we're six miles across. So it's not a huge distance. It's not like walking from one end of Greater Glasgow to the other. Aye. Um, so you could see how you might have a satellite model of small things and it might be based in community centres, you know, where people are comfortable mm-hmm. going and yeah. um, seeking support. So I'm pretty open, actually. I wouldn't, um, suggest that there's one specific location. We need to be mindful of real life and what people think. Yeah, true. That's true. Um, I'm going to pass you over to my colleague Val, because she's got one or two questions for you. Is that okay, John? Yeah, of course. Uh, hi there.
0: Hi. How are you doing? Hi Val. Hi. Um, I think Rich has actually covered most things and My questions, I think you've already answered as well. Um, I've been kind of nodding my head with everything you've said. Um, My only thing is obviously, uh, you know, people have a crisis, you know, it would have to be something that was 24 hours a day um, and accessible um, would be my thoughts on it. You just couldn't have, you know, the community centre opening from 10 till three, you know, pop in if you've got a crisis. Um, So you would need a central hub. In my opinion <laughs> yeah no i
3: totally get where you come from and yeah. i suppose that's the thing because i think sometimes when we have the discussion about you know a crisis center people think of one building and that's where you access all the services yeah. and as i was saying before there's there's two elements to this there's the crisis point and then there's people who are managing their mental health and it you know like i say they'll have swings and roundabouts and ups and downs and um, and there might come a point where it's no longer manageable so you could have some services which are about early support and just identifying what the needs are, and that might be based in community centres where it's a bit more manageable. And then you might have one more kind of focused on crisis, which is available
0: 24-7. So, so I, yeah, I you're. it's not about one or the other. It's kind of about both. That's right, yeah. I, th- I was listening to your satellite idea, and I do get... I th- you know, I'm picturing a spider where you've got the spider's body and the eight legs coming out. So I definitely... Um, yeah. Yes, I, th- I do yeah. agree with you. And there is a lot of early intervention and a lot of the community centres are already doing, you know, are aware of the things that are going in their neighbourhoods as well. Um, unfortunately, the, the pandemic's put a stop to a lot of groups and um, a lot of clubs and the social interactions that people would normally have. So, you know, the pandemic has obviously increased a lot of, you know, mental health issues um, and it's how we sort it now. COVID-19, there was a there was a mental health crisis already and it's just it's made
3: the whole situation so much worse it's made it more difficult to do something about it because you know you're restricted you can't go places you can't go into um centers and stuff in the same way that you normally would and i'm um, you know like you were saying about kind of mental health groups community groups and some of that was things like you know i know in my own words that um you know nordic walking groups for example like and stuff. it's not directly always about mental health
0: that's the it. so might, it's the intervention, it's the pre-intervention. But it supports you
3: during a difficult time as well. So I think um, it's about not oversimplifying it as well. We need to have a, a variety of different things because some people will engage with a, you know, a formal service. Some people won't. Um, some people will close their doors and not want to tell anybody about it so we've got to think about how we connect them or make it easy for them Uh, and others will be a bit more extroverted and you know they'll go out and they'll be honest and you know a couple of my colleagues have been um fairly public about their own battles with their mental health as well because nobody's immune from it you know it doesn't matter um how much you earn or where you live or what your family dynamic is like mental health affects everybody and it's an issue that's really close to home and and uh, you know there's no getting away from that but we've got to do more and we've got to do it fairly rapidly and that means not being stuck in an old way of thinking because there is a tendency to say well we've always done it this way and this is well it, it clearly isn't
0: working, is it but it's working? The same conversation with drugs and um, you know my first um there was
3: two items well there was more than two items but the first two items when i first became leader of the council um, in 2017 were mental health and drugs <laughs> um, because they're, they're top priorities as as well as poverty, and they're all linked. So, um, it's about making sure that we try and recognise that. And we we've been taking soundings and recommendations. So the fairness commission I mentioned, and um, um, you know they've given us specifics around people with real life experience. So it's not just politicians or clinicians from NHSTC making decisions thinking they know best because actually we don't always know best and we'll get it wrong it's about listening to folk
0: you've kind of quoted my 15 year old we um, interviewed him last week he's got um, autism and you know he's kind you've kind of quoted him in a roundabout way because he says that you know he could spend all day with his psychiatrist and get nowhere you know she's basically telling him to do this do that but he can go on the xbox to one of his friends who has similar issues and they can discuss it together. Yeah. So. And that's it and, and sometimes it's just that kind of speaking to your peers and your friends yes. and your families and that'll, that'll be fine for some people. Some people might need more so, support
3: and it's just everybody has to be treated as an individual. There's no one path. You know, you go from A to B and then your mental health sorted and your tickety boo from now on. That's not the reality yeah. that any of us live.
0: So. But I think Richard quoted there were 67 suicides this year on the bridge, of which 53 were males. You know, yeah. it's the numbers are getting higher and higher. I know we're in a pandemic. Um, and obviously, you know, you're on the right side there because you're, you're singing off the same hymn sheet as us. Um, yeah but we yeah. you know and as a city, is, dundee needs to do something about suicide as well, if you do the same on drugs, it tends to be males if you look at homelessness
3: it tends to be single men now that's not to say it's only a male issue but there's a big there's a big problem there that relates to a lot of those um, different social
0: yes um, the, the sociology people. of it all you know, be honest about it i'm 32 years of
3: age and i've existed for my entire life when i was growing up in Kyrton, you know what I mean? so we're not necessarily going to turn it all around and solve all the problems overnight and i think my frustration and I'm, I'm going to be unkind about politicians even though i'm one is that politicians always look for the quick win. they look for oh this is gonna this is gonna solve the problem and by next year we'll have made all this progress and the reality is it doesn't happen that quick because if you're wanting to turn the tide know somebody's mental health you don't click the fingers you you don't action something and then click your fingers and they're sorry. it's a journey and it sometimes will take people years if not decades and it's the same with addiction um and and poverty in some ways as well it takes time so we've got to be clear that what we need to do is solve the problems you know for five ten fifteen years not just a year's time or two years time um uh, and sometimes we'll have to take a risk, we'll have to try something and it might not always work. And I know that's a difficult thing for politicians sometimes to take a risk, but actually, um, the way we're working or the way we do things
0: isn't working. So we need to look elsewhere and try something different. It's actually really refreshing to have someone speak so honestly and not have an an immediate fix. I mean, you're being very honest about everything. Um, yeah. It's very refreshing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, I I try. You've answered all my questions without me actually... (laughs) asking. Sorry, I'm saying you've answered all my questions without me actually asking a question. It's really, really refreshing. Honestly, it really is. Um, We just know... I mean, I've been psychiatric nursing now for over 20-odd years, and you're right. What suits one person doesn't suit another. And there isn't a quick fix, and as far as i'm aware i think taking things away from the clinicians um would certainly benefit people and asking the people what do you what do you want what do you want from us yeah Yeah, and it's about listening isn't it at the end of the day because like
3: you were saying uh, about your son and just speaking to somebody on the xbox a friend on an xbox that'll be sometimes all the support people need they just need a listening ear other folk might need a little bit more um but if they don't know where to find it and we're not signposting and connecting the dots, then we've failed them. And I think the other thing, so I was speaking on a call last week with various church groups, and I'm not religious myself, but I know that they are really valuable. You know, they, they provide community services and uh, drug support cafes and all that jazz. So they have a really important role in the community. And one of the things we we're talking about, and it's with a local minister about balancing um, at Meadows Parish Church, we're talking about mental health and how serious that is and if we can start to have a bit of a conversation because it's not just the council and nhs we've got to recognize that there's really good things going on in communities and sometimes i'm not aware of them as leader of the council so how would i know that that's a great thing unless we connect the dots so it's it's about listening to people it's about listening to community groups churches and all of that and trying just to get best practice um because like you say you know humans, all of us, make mistakes, and we'll get things wrong, but as long as we learn from them and go, right, okay, well, that's clearly not working, let's stop, not just keep going with something that's failing, Um, and hopefully, you know, that'll start to turn the tide and we'll start to see a reduction, and it might not be immediate, it might not be going from 67 in the first half of the year to zero, but if we can start to just make sure people don't feel like they need to go to that
0: place... We've always said if we feel that, like, you know, if we can make a difference to one person's life, you know, that's you know, that's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And you're right, yeah. it's a slow progress. Um, I just want to say that you know, if you are having discussions next year and what have you, um, certainly at Walking Bleather, we'd really, really be interested, and we'd like to be invited. Can I, can I ask that? Well, just have actually, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Absolutely. And I think it'll be a series of different meetings because what you don't want
0: is 40 people sitting around the Well, it wouldn't be sitting around the table, would it? Not these sitting days, no, a, I know. A yeah. Um, but because that's too many and you end up not getting a
3: result because everybody just says something and then it's two hours gone. So I think it would be, you know, four or five meetings, maybe where half a dozen folk each. So yeah, absolutely. Happy yeah. to
0: keep you involved. Yes, and because we, we have. Likewise, if there's things that you think I should be aware of or
3: doing more or i'm not doing enough then that's what i'm here to do i need because i'm not i i'm not an expert there's no politician that i've ever met that is is an expert in everything so i need to learn as well and the only way you learn is by listening to people with more experience than yourself so my door's always
0: open yes thank you very much thank you yes and you know we, we work closely with obviously the dundee fc community trust um and we've also got um andy's man club and the samaritans and um hopefully um the dundee stars are coming on board soon finally before i hang up and say merry christmas and hope you have a good new year we are having a burns night walk on the 25th of uh, january um to raise awareness for mental health it's a walk in blether and we'd like you to be invited we'd like to invite you along that night lynn's coming lynn short's coming lynn's coming yeah Excellent. Yes. I knew she would. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, send me the details and I'll have a look and make sure I can...
0: Apparently uh, Willie Rennie is too. <laughs> um, great. Brilliant. Awesome. And, and wishing
3: you guys a uh, Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, and, and thank you for your time today. Here, uh, 2021 than it has been in 2020. The vaccine and everything that's going ahead just now seems very positive. And, you know, the word on the street is hopefully by March things will be a bit more normal. Yeah. not well, be any less normal just now. No, so, but what is going mess. to be normal, eh? Yeah. But thank you. You were so refreshing, so honest. Uh, I know that Richie and I had a lot of questions and you a- actually answered the questions before we could even ask them. So thank you again. Thank yeah. you. And thank, thank you. you. I'll pass you back to Richie just now, OK? Sorry, we've got a yeah, two metre rule here, so it's like across the room. <laughs> <laughs> cool.
2: Yeah, I um, just want to say thank you for taking part in our podcast, John. Really appreciate it and all the best to you. Have a great Christmas New Year.
0: And we'll see you in January.
2: Cheers. Thank you. Bye. That was a really, really good
0: interview with John Alexander there. Um, quite refreshing for a politician to be so honest and humble.
2: Very refreshing.
0: Um, and I can see that life experiences has his own life experiences. He definitely was talking from the heart today, in my opinion.
2: Yes, he um, was.
0: And he's certainly doing it for the good of Dundee and not for his political campaign.
2: And um, you let him get the word the head twice.
0: I did, didn't
1: I? You
2: did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's quite unusual
1: for me as well.
2: He yeah, is honest.
1: Yeah, always. it's because there was a man on the screen. She was distracted.
0: <laughs> was that this exercise early?
2: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: <laughs> PG 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 on down. Uh okay then. So, sorry, John. Sorry if you're listening now, John. I really mean, do apologise. These guys have got really dirty minds. It's not me. <laughs> Honestly, it's not me. John, listen to the whole podcast. You'll hear her from earlier.
2: She's going, oh, really nice.
0: <laughs> so thanks again, John. And yes, let's get this crisis centre rolling. And yes. And we at Welcome Bleather really do want to be involved, John. Thank you. And we will see you in the new year, John. Because um, 25th of January, Burns Night.
2: And now it's our regular... Consult shares. Over to you, Shez?
1: Hello, listeners. It's me, shares. Uh, this week, I'm going to be talking about exercise and mental health. Physical activities have a huge potential to enhance our well beings. Even a short burst of ten minutes brisk walking increases so our mental alertness, energy, and positive mood. Participating in in regular physical activity can increase your self-esteem and can reduce stress and anxiety. (laughs) Exercise for depression. Being depressed can leave you feeling low in energy, which might put you off being more active. Regular exercise can boost your mood if you have depression, and it's especially useful for people with mild to moderate depression. Uh, this is a quote from GP Dr. Alan Cohn, "Exercise should be done be sorry exercise should be something you enjoy, otherwise it will be hard to find the motivation to do it regular. Uh, the men- The mental and emotional benefits of exercise reduces stress, sleep better, increases happiness, better self-confidence elevates anxiety and more energy regular exercise has a profound positive impact on depression anxiety and adhd it also relieves stress improves memory helps you sleep better and boosts your overall mood and you don't have to be a fitness fanatic to reap the benefits research indicates that moderate amount of exercise can make you make a real difference no matter your age or fitness level you can learn to use exercise as a powerful tool to deal with mental health problems improve your energy and outlook and get more out of life exercise is a powerful depression fighter for several reasons most importantly it promotes all kinds of changes in the brain including neural growth reduces inflammation and new activity patterns that promote feeling of calm and well-being. Exercise can also serve as a distraction, allowing you to find some quiet time to break out of the cycle of negative thoughts that feed depression.
0: Okay, I think we were meant to... um, I think I was meant to come in quicker there, wasn't I? It's really quite awkward doing it in three different places, isn't it? But never mind. We're getting there. We're managing. Anyway, yes. I just want to say, Ches, um you can tell me to F off if you want, but um, it alleviates anxiety, not elevates it. Fuck off. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Who
0: gives a <laughs> I'm dyslexic. <laughs> anyway, I was just going to say mention um, mentioned some negative impacts of exercise on mental health. Um, so... Overdoing exercise could be detrimental to your mental health. People who exercise more than 90 minutes at one time suffered an extra poor mental health day in comparison to those who only did 45 minutes. A study shows exercising too much has a detrimental effect on one's mental wellness. The study was conducted at Yale University. While all types of activity have appeared to improve mental health, overdoing it can be detrimental. And then I'm going to go on a wee bit about team sports. Um, team sports, such as cycling and football, shows that it can help. Um, it helps kick... Sorry, now I'm stuttering. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I'm having a mind blank there. don't know what I was going to say next. But anyway, researchers found children who were yeah. exposed to adverse childhood experiences reported better mental health as adults if they had team sports as children. The mental health benefits of playing a team sport, regardless of skill level, being part of a sporting team has undeniable benefits for your mental health. The social aspect that comes with being part of a team is fantastic for your well-being. Even if you join a team not knowing anyone, sport has a funny way of fast-tracking friendship. Human connection is such an important factor in maintaining good mental well-being. And I also want to plug, um, because we know that... um, the highest impact in Dundee is men's mental health um, and we also want to plug that the Dundee Football Community Trust, they have a free five-a-side men's football for open to anyone aged 16 plus and this takes place at the Disc Centre on a Thursday night 5.15 to 6.15. Um, Shez and I and the girls were lucky enough to be there one night um, when we were doing our presentation. And we saw the impact that this group of men who didn't know each other coming together, playing their five-a-side football, laughing, you know, it all walks of life. It was fantastic to see. So hopefully they'll get some more numbers. And,
2: and you would have to be a fan of Dundee to go. Definitely
0: out. not. No. no? That's good. All strips were all strips were worn on the, on the park, Brilliant. including bright pink ones. Okay.
2: <laughs> who did I play for?
0: I know, <laughs> but yes, yeah, no, you don't have to be a Dundee fan, um, you just turn up, shorts and t-shirt and a pair of trainers, really, Ooh, Cool. Um,
2: Good.
0: unfortunately, obviously, there's no mingling afterwards, but maybe, oh. you know, and they're running on this till March,
2: well, maybe by then,
0: yes, they can mingle, I know, talking about things like that, eh, about the new vaccine, yeah, what's everyone's opinions on that? Um, I'm really transferring here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the new vaccine?
2: I would like to see what the side effects are um, first. Would but, you? Yeah. I want, I want to know more about it.
0: I'm meant to be getting mine next week.
2: Um,
0: yeah. And I'm yeah. a definite yes. I'm all for it. Well, that's you know, um,
2: I've got no problem with that, but yeah. But I just want to know a bit more about it before I yeah. I put my arm. Apparently the side effects
0: are no worse than yeah. the flu jab. Do you take the flu jab? Yeah. See, I don't I do not
2: So you might gym. go, loo, 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 loo. Yeah. Oh, no, I've got another arm growing.
0: It might look better looking. I know, it might make me pretty. Yeah, never me <gasps> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you never know. Do you think it'll help me lose a- weight?
2: You never know. Just get this a-
0: exercise in.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no pushing <and> pulling, bell.
0: <laughs> no, it's pushing grab now.
2: Oh, sorry. Grab PG, grab PG, remember? PG.
0: Yes. Mm. Okay, back to our sport. <laughs> you can tell what my favourite sport is then, eh? Swimming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why was it slight there?
0: Before <laughs> <laughs> well, you two could answer.
2: We were. <laughs>
0: sport is a prob- proven distress. It forces you to apply yourself fully to the task at hand, leaving behind you your thoughts and worries. You may have had beforehand and in their place sport stimulates and, and the release of endorphins which allow your body's natural chemicals to take over there's a good value of teamwork team sport teaches you how to deal with setbacks you're not guaranteed to always win you need to cope with your losing as well as your winning and it brings people together playing sports has also been shown to give you a better night's sleep Okay, and would stop okay guys I don't know how to stop mine to pass on to you guys
2: Hold on. according to um, a website called get dot there are seven exercises that boost mental health one is walking two is yoga three is swimming four is is high intensity exercises, five is spin biking and cycling, six is dance, and seven, believe it or not, is rest.
0: Okay, it appears that you've got me again because those two have nothing to say. Not like uh, Richie to have nothing to say, but never mind. She I believe, but Richie. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Okay. We talked a few weeks ago about mindfulness. Um there's another form of mindfulness that's mindful walking. It's a form of the mindful movement. It uses everyday activity of walking as a mindfulness practice to help you become more aware of sensations in your body. By turning your environment and the sensations in your body as you walk, it can help you focus on the present moment. Mindful walking has many benefits. Not only are there physical benefits of walking in itself, but mindful walking can reduce blood pressure and heart rate, create feelings of well-being, provide better sleep, and improve mood manage and manage stress. Um, for example, they write, when practising mindful walking in public places, Always breathe normally. Walk slowly, but not too slow, because you do not want others to think you are too unusual. Walk a little slower than your normal pace, and a little faster than indoor walking. To meditate while walking, follow your own footsteps. As you begin walking, deliberately put your mind down into your feet. Switch on your senses, staying connected to the physical, physical physicality of your legs and feet. And expand your awareness to
2: notice your surroundings. Get your false teeth in, girl.
0: I know, I'm not doing very well, am I? (laughs) I don't have dyslexia. (laughs) I just can't say the word. It's one of those words that you... There's a word you can't say, isn't there?
2: There's a word I can't say.
0: Yeah, it's just one of these things I just can't... (laughs) I know what I mean, though.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: What they're saying is that you've got to keep your mind focused on your movement. On the physical movement of your arms and your legs. Guard your inner peace. And look around for the good. Oh. Wow. Anyone got anything to add?
2: <laughs> no. Nice You've done
0: mindful walking, Richie.
2: I've done mindful walking. Are
0: you not done mindfulness walking. I often
2: go for a walk if I'm really um, upset or really yeah. angry. Yeah. And I find if I go for a long walk, that really helps. So I'm, I'll be out there going... About... I might have had an argument at home or someone said something, and I just go for a nice long walk. Often I don't know where I'm going, but when I come back, I feel more at ease, more at peace.
1: Yeah, I totally know where you're coming from there, Richie. Um, when I stayed in Dundee and worked crossing five, Fife, uh, if I had a bad day at work, I used to walk the bridge home instead of waiting on the bus, and then I could let everything go walking home and the time I got in to my friends and my family that were waiting for me when I got in from work, I was nice and calm. I wasn't ranting about the day I had at work because I'd got it all off my chest. We walking home.
0: I suppose I do the kind. I do the same thing except I hate walking, as you all know. <laughs> hate walking. Fifty one and a half miles plus thirty one miles yeah, later. You
2: absolutely hate. I so.
0: absolutely hate walking, and I still hate walking. But I suppose I do the same thing with the swimming. Um, especially in the open water, um, I can just get in, switch off and appreciate the bitch that we call the Tay <laughs> um, and focus on other things. And when I'm training, my mind's switched off to my issues and I can go up and down and I follow the black line. So yes, I suppose I do mindfulness swimming rather than mindfulness walking. I appreciate everything around me when I'm swimming.
2: Oh, that was really good. Thanks for that, Val. And uh, next we'll be talking with uh, John Alexandra, the Dundee Council leader.
0: And what are we not going to to forget to mention?
2: We're not going to forget our motto? No,
0: the crisis centre. Yes, we can talk about (laughs) that as well. Hound them, hound them. Hound them, Richie.
2: Yes, we will. We'll we'll do that and Mm -hmm. more. Yes. Okay, thank you, and over and out. <laughs> this is a poem that um, I wrote. It's called Walking and Talking. Walking and talking. Walking and blethering, Stops folk from groaning. Walking and talking. Keep smiling. Stop frowning. Walking and talking. Walking and blethering. Gives you so much zip Like an old-fashioned magical mystery trip Walking and talking Walking and blithering In the sun, rain or snow No one will give you a row Walking and talking It's not mental Walking and talking It ain't a craze It ain't a niche It's all about crazy ladies and rich
1: well, I'm going to read Nanny's poem again to you, use her desk maybe in the second or third week of our podcast, but we thought it was relevant to what we've been talking about today. Walking is the exercise that needs no gymnasium. It is the prescription without the medicine, the weight control without the diet, the cosmic found in no beauty shop. It is the tranquilizer without a pill, the therapy without a psychologist, the foundation of youth that is no legend. A walk is a holiday that costs you nothing.
0: Well, guys, that's the end of another podcast, our 13th, and it definitely wasn't unlucky for us. Um, I'd like to finish with a little quote that I found on Facebook. Um, Life is like a (laughs) willy. Sometimes it's up, and sometimes it's down, but it won't be hard forever.
2: (laughs) How how can you, um...
1: (laughs) (laughs) How can you sum that up?
0: How can you finish on that one, then? Yes.
1: (laughs) Well... well...
2: (laughs) All I can say is, um, (laughs) helping people to help themselves.
0: (laughs) Until
1: next week. Until next week, it's bye from me. And bye from me and me.
2: And bye from hum.